what the hell is wrong with Republicans? Faux Republican Liz Cheney denied Donald Trump the opportunity to speak to the House GOP caucus at a Florida election strategy planning conference. The big question is, what are they thinking? First, Cheney led the GOP impeachment efforts against the 45th president. Then she and her crowd continue to push endless war policy. And House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy refused to remove her from leadership for her obvious anti-Republican actions. In the last two weeks, we've also seen former President George W. Bush pushing amnesty for illegal aliens as if that policy, or any of his policies for that matter, are approved by most Republican voters now. It's incredible to see these folks try this weird comeback when we know 95% of Republican voters won't support politicians who advocate for these kinds of policies. On the cusp of being able to win the Congress back in 2022, one would think these so-called leaders would be aggressively pursuing a very sound message to insist on policies that actually work for Americans first. You know what they are. Energy independence, a strong national defense without endless wars, low taxes, finishing the wall at the southern border and reinstatement of former President Trump's border security and immigration policies, trade policies that are positive towards our workers instead of workers from other countries, protecting the Second Amendment rights for all, protecting the unborn, and rebuilding our infrastructure. This is not hard, folks. And they have the funds to do the right thing at the Republican Party, but it looks like they're not going to. All because orange man bad would have to be acknowledged that he is the one that needs to be supported. Well, today's guest is uh, uh, Chris Cox. He is the founder of Bikers for Trump, uh, has run for Congress himself, and we are excited uh, to have him with us today. Chris, thank you very much for joining the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I'm glad to be here. And uh, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for the country. Uh, look, brother, this is a, a situation that we're in uh, and have been in for quite some time uh, is uh, one crowd that opposes America, uh, that says they want to control America against those of us that believe in America, that don't oppose America, uh, and its laws and its values, uh, and that one, wants America to stay under the laws of the Constitution of the United States and be within those values of uh, the main value of government, which is protecting liberty. You know, uh, yes, I appreciate your efforts in Bikers for Trump uh, and running for Congress and those kinds of things. Uh, uh, since the president the 45th president's left office. What is Bikers for Trump's primary focus right now? Well, when the uh, the Democrats started that uh, misguided and delusional attempt to impeach Donald Trump, we started a draft Donald Trump 2024 campaign just to be the flip side of that coin. We're mm -hmm. approaching 100,000 uh, signatures now, and uh, our group's grown, I think, 15, 20,000 people just since the election. Um, you know, shortly after that, botched election we you could find us in georgia we were working overtime when most people were at home wrapping their christmas gifts i was setting up stages and lights for a uh, 
a Bikers for Trump rally to to uh, support Lefner and Purdue. Same thing on yeah. New Year's Eve. Uh, we were up there working our butts off. You know, we don't slow down. We double down. And uh, we're just trying to keep the MAGA movement together to show the energy. And, you know, when you opened up, you're talking about uh, Donald Trump being denied to speak. And, you know, yeah. McCarthy had plenty of, uh, of time to, to see this and forecast this. But, uh, you know, on one hand, he's a Trump supporter. But on the other hand, it seems like he's sabotaging him more times than others. And, you know, if you look into uh, McCarthy, you'll see that he takes a lot of money from the Koch Foundation, which is Prosperity yeah. for America along with the um, Club for Action Growth, which is a shadow pack, in my opinion, for the Koch brothers. And so, you know, these 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 uh, special interest groups are spreading that money through these campaigns, through these candidates, and then they get behind, you know, 40, 50, 60 candidates, 15, 20 of them win, and now we've got those special interest groups calling shots. And it makes you wonder how much influence they really do have there. Um, you know, they've got to yeah. get on board because, uh, like you said, 2020 is right around the corner. Um, I'm right now in the midst of trying to uh, help our party here in South Carolina. I've gotten behind um, Lynn Wood. I have a, a, um, General mm -hmm. Flynn coming in on Sunday to have a rally for us here at a local venue. And, um, you know, we're paying a close attention and what's happening in Virginia with that governor's race. We've got our, 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 our sights uh, on that, um, that recount there in Arizona. And we know they're going to be either going into Georgia or Wisconsin after that. Yeah. So, you know, we've got our hands full. we got to remember that you know, we try to stay in our lane. We're grassroots. We're grassroots reinforcement. Uh, we're one of the mm -hmm. most sought after endorsements in grassroots right now. And, um, you know, we just try to sit, get here and we try to just continue to remind people about the promises that the uh, former president Donald Trump made and how he kept them, that we didn't mm -hmm. elect a politician. We elected a businessman with the work ethics of a farmer. He was able to uh, broaden and expand the Republican Party more than anybody in my lifetime has. And uh, yeah. he reinvented it. It's not the Republican Party of our fathers and grandfathers anymore. This is a new Republican Party. It's got an energy like I've never seen before. I worked in the office of the vice president for Dan Quayle on many elections, and I've never seen it like this. And the fact that we were able to grow by tens of thousands of uh, new members here after this election goes to show you just how disgruntled a lot of these Democrats are seeing that the price of gas. You know, when the Democrats yeah. come out on one hand and they're not going to make any uh, any raise the taxes of the poor people, well, just look at gas, okay? If you're a family and you got to drive 50 miles a day, both the husband and the wife, by the end of the year, you're paying extra two, $2,2,500 more a year because the tax, because gas has gone up. That's going to affect that low-income family a lot more than it's going to affect somebody making $250,000. But these policies with the Democrats, they trickle down, you know, they, mm -hmm. they mitigate this this political atmosphere through innuendo allegation circumstance heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend they read things on bathroom walls and call for investigations the next day and um you know we're really sick of it and uh we really need this leadership in the republican party to to, to understand that this is the republican party of the working men and women who go mm -hmm. to work to make their give their family a better opportunity they are not the republican party that are tied into these these can these swamp the you know these establishment yeah. members of congress and the senate that are really just putting up roadblocks right. and if they want their message heard then they need to figure out how to get on board with donald trump because he's in a position to make sure their message is heard well that's what i'm concerned about you know i see uh, the liz cheney's and kevin mccarthy's uh, acting as if nothing has changed 
you know, and, and you just nailed it a second ago, Chris, and that is the party has changed. Uh, I even came back to the party after leaving it uh, for a couple of years uh, because the party had changed for the better. Uh, but with the folks that are pulling the purse strings, you mentioned the Koch brothers, McCarthy, Cheney, you know, as long as that small percentage is pulling those purse strings, how do how are you as the grassroots uh, getting folks involved to where they they take actions that really matter? Because we've got to figure this out, don't we? Yes, sir. And, you know, the bikers for Trump at points there in the last couple of years, we've led the nation of voter registration. Um, you know, we show up, we have the biggest grassroots rallies across the country, uh, multiple a weekend. And, um, you know, we're just doing everything we can. But you see, when they're talking about trying to do these forensic for forensic audits and all that, but really until we get in here and get behind some of these campaigns and we prevent the special interest money coming in from Washington, D.C. and polluting these races mm -hmm. so that some candidates that may be more qualified, are, they're not allowed to get their message up because all the NRCC and others want to report about how much money they got in the bank, whether it's their money or money raised. And um, yeah. we really got to just, you know, we got to curb that because, um, you know, we look at here. So I'm getting ready to throw a rally in a ne next week in Myrtle Beach at Bike Week against Tom Rice. You know, we remember he was one of the congressional members that voted for impeachment. And we're going to be at right. this rally. We're going to be serving fried rice. We're going to be reminding everybody there and in, in the, the uh, Myrtle Beach area what he did and how he went against his promises. Not only him, but the woman that I ran against, Nancy Mace, campaigned on being Donald Trump's biggest supporter. Her hands weren't even dry yet from when she was sworn in. She was on Meet the Press saying that Donald Trump had no future in the Republican Party. And, um, you know, th these candidates will say whatever they got, whatever they have to say in order to get your vote. We got to start holding them accountable. And, um, yeah. you know, we got table etiquette and then we got political etiquette. And right now, I think our political etiquette needs to get a little stronger and um, you know, it's just, uh, it's an assault on decency across the board from the border to, to law enforcement, you know, our veterans for the first time in history, we're feeling better and better about the VA mm -hmm. and about their, their, um, you know, level of life. And, and, um, I think we're just feel like we're going backwards. We're on a time machine now going back to the way that a lot of Americans felt under Barack Obama. And when you mm -hmm. see these reports come out on mainstream media saying that, um, Biden has, uh, more support than President Trump had in his first hundred days, but just a little less than the uh, than Barack Obama. You know, it just makes you shake your head. And um, you know, yeah. we, we look at the Veritage uh, deal when they came out and they had all the CNN reporters on film talking about pushing the same narrative, whether it was a lie or not. If they said it enough times, it would you know people would believe it. And mm -hmm. that's the assault yeah. that I'm talking about on, this, on the decency here. And uh, it just seems that the left they have they they have a new level of low. And they'll go as low as they can, and they're in the bed with the big tech and the mainstream media. And uh, we've got an uphill battle here. We've got to get in here, and we first of all, if things go the way it looks like they're going to land here in Arizona, and then we can yep. get into Georgia and Wisconsin, we're going to be able to show that there are those shenanigans were not conspiracy theories. That there is a lot of people that have uh, been trying to discard them. Uh, the, the attorneys by the Democrat attorneys are doing everything they can to prevent these audits and these recounts from happening because the writing's on the wall, and they know the American people are going to get to the bottom of this. And um, we that, certainly that is, deserve some answers. Now, Chris, do you have do you have bikers for Trump representatives uh, working with the teams out in Arizona on that forensic audit? 
Yes. Yeah, so um, right now we got my guy, uh, one of my um, my national guys. He's going to be heading down there in the next couple of days. And so we'll have a much bigger presence when they leave Arizona and go into Wisconsin and Georgia. But, um, mm. you know, we've got so many things going on and I like to stay in our lane as much as possible because, you know, that's where we're the most effective. And so we don't mind veering off a little bit. So we certainly want to have a presence there. You know, um, the day after the election there, I was in Washington, D.C. at the Trump Hotel. I, I had some people ask me to go to Philadelphia. I left that, that later that night. I was in Philadelphia the next day, and I held that ground down with some bikers for uh, for about nine days there. And um, it was pretty hairy at times. So we definitely want to have a presence. We're not, you know, the bikers for Trump, we're not a security force. Um, I think it goes right. without saying the bikers aren't going to, you know, get pushed around and they're going to stand their ground. But uh, by no means do we go there looking for a fight or anything else other than just to, to observe and to, um, you know, make sure that things are on the up. And so that some people that want to go there that might be in some dresses or might be of a little older age aren't going to feel intimidated by, say, right. uh, Antifa or Black Lives Matters. So are you hearing any of the uh, what they're finding in the audit at all? Yeah, but right now it's this rumor and circumstance for me until I yeah. get some hard facts. But I'm hearing up to fifty thousand uh, fraudulent votes have been uncovered so far, and um, mm -hmm. you know I'm the guy that waits for the hard numbers. I don't like to jump to conclusions. Um, I have a, a lot of members that I have to be responsible for, so I'm not allowed to uh, jump jump the gun. There, we got to keep our hands clean and make sure that we're representing this group, and. Um, you know, we've just got a lot of work to do. We've come a long way and, uh, you know, yeah. we're, we're certainly not intimidated, but, you know, we've, we've got, we're only as strong as the money we're able to raise at this point as a grassroots organization. And, um, you know, it hasn't been as easy to raise money since the, uh, the election ended, but that doesn't mean we slowed down because we didn't. We are, we've got a presence all over the country. And yes. um, so we got a lot going on. And then, you know, I've been down in South Florida. I get back and here I'm tossed in the mix of this uh, state chairman race here between uh, McKissick and uh, Lynn, Lynn Wood. And so I've got my hands there. And, um, you know, for the first time, uh, you might know that President Trump had come out and endorsed McKissick. But for the first time, I've, um, I'm seeing things a little different. You know, when we look right. at his biggest allies, which is, uh, to, in my opinion, um, General Michael Flynn, and then we look yeah. at one of his big other biggest allies, which is uh, Mike Lindell, and those two have both come out for uh, Linwood, and I like Linwood. I, I want to say I want hoping South Carolina will will put that man in office so that we can send a loud message across the country that shows that these MAGA supporters, these people that we've seen in the front line supporting our president, they're going to mm -hmm. be our first choice. Those are the ones we're going to get into the. House of Representatives on both chambers and uh, try to switch, uh, you know, turn back that clock a little bit and uh, get back to the policies that Donald Trump was implementing that were helping both sides and certainly our country. Yeah, you, you mentioned Nancy Mace earlier, and it's one of the questions that I had for you because you ran against her uh, is, you know, what's your advice to folks in other states at the grassroots level? How do you identify those kind of candidates? I mean, before you went into that race, uh, uh, you know, I supported Mace uh, based on the things she was saying and her background uh, at the Citadel and those kind of things. And uh, and then you see the exact opposite of this person when they get in office. And thank you for running against her. I uh, wish we'd have had a better outcome, but uh, you should never say never and uh, consider challenging her again. Uh, and uh, uh, but but how do folks recognize those kinds of uh, uh, 
really undercover establishment types that really aren't for America first. I think you got to follow the money. As I mentioned earlier, that club for uh, club for growth action, they are tied to the Koch brothers as far as I'm concerned, because the Koch brothers are the prosperity for America pack. And how could those two packs be endorsing basically the exact same people with the contributions coming in within 48 hours of each other if they weren't tied together? So you follow right. that money when you see these candidates taking that money from those guys. And, um, you know, they get their hands and their grips on you when you get to the Congress and uh, they act like they're going to help you. From what I understand, Mace didn't, uh, she doesn't have very many people from the from the low country or South Carolina on her staff. I don't know if that's still true. But, you know, I was able to uncover that when you work on a campaign, you're not allowed by law to go back and talk about if they were fired or not. But I was able to show that Nancy Mace and from insiders on the campaign told me that she was fired four months before the campaign for stealing data, unethical retrieval of data. That's And those were emails where I couldn't mm -hmm. prove she was fired, but I've had the FEC report where I was able to show that she hadn't received a paycheck in over three and a half months, uh, the last three and a half months of the Donald Trump's uh, 16 campaign. And um, that goes to show you right there, she was non-existent. She called me a liar and said I was that she was on board, but um, you can follow those paychecks for the year before that where she was being paid. And so yeah. then, you know, you got people like McCarthy uh, there are trying to get the president to endorse her. I got a phone call from the White House. Chris, the, the, uh, the, the speaker's in, I mean, the, the majority leader's in here. He's trying real hard to twist the president's arms, but he hasn't bended and he's uh, keeping his nose out of this. When I went into the Oval Office, I told the president I wasn't here looking for endorsement, that if I couldn't get it on my own, I didn't deserve it, that there's yeah. too many favors being passed around in politics. And um, you need to be able to stand on your own two feet and get in there without these endorsements, those endorsements shouldn't come through from anyone until after a primary, because that, you know, goes yeah. to show you that when these establishment people come in and we got um, we got people like Rand Paul, we got uh, Kevin McCarthy endorsing candidates. Those are candidates that I think they think they, they think they're going to be easily controlled. In my particular case, I have a 400,000 people I'm the biggest grassroots movement in the country I've built. And if I'd gotten to Congress, those members knew that if I didn't get my way, I may or may not be steering the bikers for Trump away from them in each and every district across the country. So there were a lot of reasons they didn't want me there. And and I understand I'm not sour. And uh, it was the greatest experience. I, uh, I I certainly will cherish that experience my whole life. I understand I heard a couple of days ago a rumor they, they've started a new draft movement trying to get me to run again. But you know, again, I got to stay in my lanes. I want to do what's best for the country, what's best for, for Donald Trump to see that he gets back in there, that we can, uh, and whether or not he wants to run or not, he will help us decide who is going to be the person to go back in there and resurrect the hard work that he did and to fortify it so that our country is a better place. Yeah, I think one of the frustrating things for those of us not uh, inside the Beltway, especially when Mr. Trump was in office, was the betting process for for candidates uh, that his team was using to get him to do endorsements, you know, uh, I know I've I've been involved in, uh, in political campaigns uh, several times, both as a candidate and and uh, as a third party, and it, you know it's really tough to uh, go up against somebody that's been endorsed by somebody like a Donald Trump uh, when the folks out here that actually support his policies and believe in the guy. No, but they can't get word to it. You know, hey, yeah. don't endorse this person. Don't endorse it. this guy. And when because, we look at, we go back I mean, to the last election, you know, you look at yeah. Kevin McCarthy, who's out here endorsed more 
candidates than he's ever endorsed in his life for the simple fact that he thought we were going to win the House. He wanted to see himself as the Speaker of the House. So by his yeah. endorsement, he was going to be promised a favor. And that favor would be uh, voting for him to be the Speaker of the House instead of getting out there and helping fortify these these voters. You know, we knew they were going to be cheating. We didn't know how, but we knew it was coming. And, yep. um, you know, these politicians, they got one thing in mind. It's their you know, this is where they're going to land. And that's why we need the term limits. We've got to get rid of these special interest groups influencing and watering down these campaigns because it makes it hard for qualified candidates to get their message across. You know, I was able to campaign and I felt like, you know, you asked Donald Trump, has anyone other than him, I've expanded the Republican Party more than anyone with the millions of bikers. I took the Amish into the Oval Office for the first time in history. We took them from like six or seven percent up to close to, to uh, 32, 33 percent. That's hundreds of thousands of votes just in Ohio and Pennsylvania alone. And, yeah. um, you know, so, you know, it is what it is. And but regardless, you can't get your feathers ruffled. You got to have some thick skin. This is politics. Yeah. Things aren't going to go your way. And you got to be able to bounce back. You got to be resilient. And you got to have tenacity. And you got to stay after it. And hopefully you're calm, you're, you're calm and you're cool and uh, you don't overreact. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things you got to plug away at, sir. Yeah, well, well, this show is live, as you know, uh, on all six of my social media channels. So we've got some comments coming in from viewers and everything. Uh, let's take one on. Uh, I know how I feel about it, considering I was an outsider the first time I ran for office. But, uh, you know, where's Lynn Wood been for 10 years? He, he, we just started hearing from him basically on January 21st. Uh, we need more vetting on him. I like some of his stuff, but question mark, what do you think about new people coming into the political process? Uh, I think at the party level for a position like that, in my opinion, I mean, that's about uh, as entry level as you're going to get, no matter what position it is. But uh, that's my opinion. Uh, I couldn't agree more, but you got to keep in mind, too, that uh, Governor Henry McMaster came in, went into the governor, uh, governor's mansion from that position. Um, but, you know, also say that uh, McKenzie is not um, nobody comes up against him. Then it, I think a level of complacency kicks in there. I think it's very healthy for the party, especially in, in these inside the party elections that we have dialogue going back and i think it's going to help them and make it regardless who wins i think they're going to go in there hungry to make some uh make a name for themselves but you know i have a harder i had a hard time with mckissick because after the comments that mace uh nancy mace made and then um tom rice mm -hmm. voting for impeachment you know their job is to lift these and hold these candidates up in the air but if their job is to help them when they're you know they're they're going by the letter of the party then when they don't then i think their job may be to scold him a little harder and maybe to punish him to some degree and i just didn't feel like there was a lot of pushback against rice and um you know for us that's one of the reasons i got into this yeah it's uh one of the reasons i got in is that uh you know politicians were getting elected they'd say one thing on the campaign trail and then do another uh which is what we continue to see uh, you know, and, uh, and when I entered my first race for U.S. Senate in 2014 against Mary Landrieu and Bill Cassidy, uh, you know, as a Republican, I was a lifelong Republican, and I got the same kind of thing. Well, we don't know you. We need to bet you. Uh, well, I spent 33 years in the military. All my records are documented. You can FOIA them, and uh, they're public record, uh, and those kind of things. And uh, they still said that because it was an attack tactic. Uh, uh, to keep another Republican from challenging the Republicans chosen one, Bill Cassidy. And you know who Senator Bill Cassidy is, right, Chris? Oh, he yes, voted. Sir. 
to impeach Donald Trump this last time on uh, on the second, uh, in my opinion, illegal uh, and false impeachment charge that uh, House of Representatives passed. So, you know, uh, if only the folks would stop having that attitude uh, of uh, not believing the vetting that goes on uh, and the ability to vet. Uh, just because somebody's new doesn't mean that they they can't or should not be in the office that they're running for. Uh, and Louisiana missed a uh, unfortunately missed a great opportunity to have somebody that would have eventually been uh, uh, a Trump supporter because the policies Donald ran on uh, were very similar to the policies I ran on two years prior to his election uh, to president of the United States. That's why I think we did so well uh, in spite of all the consultants and all that crap. And, and I think the same thing goes uh, with you. You were up against the same thing, you know, the establishment Republicans, the Democrats, uh, but mainly it's establishment Republicans. Uh, and I think we've got to get the grassroots to let go of that, whatever it is, comfort zone that they have with establishment Republicans and start really looking at folks that step up to run, don't you? Yes, sir. And, you know, it, it, it all comes down to your backyard, you know, and that, that local homegrown and you've got to get out there. You got to knock on the doors. You've got to be at these meetings yeah. and uh, you got to be able to slow down. Whenever I would go to a uh, Republican meeting, I'd be the last one. I'd be taking the trash out and be the, turning the lights off and locking the doors when I left. But, um, you know, it's just something you got to stay after. You got to believe in it. It's got to be a passion. And quite frankly, why anybody would want those jobs, I cannot wrap my head around. But, um, you know, when the president's calling for patriots to step up and run for office, I uh, took it seriously. And, um, you know, I had a pretty good thing going there with the bikers for Trump. I, I took a year off of it. When I when I was with the bikers for Trump before the election, we were reaching 16, 18 million people a week on right. social media. I came back. It was about one point seven uh, million. But I wasn't disappointed because I think about one point six, you're beating CNN. And that was always my my. Um, my hopes is to beat CNN each and every week, but we've yeah. got it back up to the million, to the multi-millions there. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to put one foot in front of the other to do what's best for the Republican Party and, and for the, the ones who see the leadership of Donald Trump as the value there. Um, mm -hmm. We're not looking to get behind these rhinos and we won't be. And when I'm done with Rice, I'll be moving on to the next one and reminding people of these guys that stepped up and they campaigned on this amazing relationship with Donald Trump and the first chance they got. For every action, Colonel, there's a reaction. And I don't have to yeah. tell you that uh, with your background. And so after that, uh, what, January 6th or 7th, you know, yeah. without waiting for the facts to come out. They don't want to tell you after they voted for impeachment that it later came out that Donald Trump asked for 10,000 National Guard troops. They don't Trump. want to tell you that the, a lot of these Antifa guys were leading that charge they're wearing Donald Trump hats. They don't want to tell you that they started breaking those windows and doors down before Donald Trump was even done talking. And yeah. so, you know, um, until the people slow down, they do their homework and they're able to find some news outside of those, those main news sources, uh, mainstream news sources. It's, uh, I don't know that a lot's going to change, but you can't give up. You got to stay after it. You got to fight every day. Yeah. Uh, I know you can't give up, man. I uh, appreciate you doing that. The, uh, I noticed that, uh, I saw an ad from bikers from Trump with you on the ad talking about some kind of petition to draft Mr. Trump to run in 2024. Do you yes, think sir. that's a possibility? 
Yeah, well, you know, like I said earlier, you know, when they started that misguided attempt to impeach him, I started that draft movement. And we're pushing 100,000 um, signatures on it right now. And so, you know, your listeners could go to bikersfortrump.com and they could sign that petition showing Donald Trump they want him to consider running again. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, I think he would be the clear choice for the Republican Party. And, um, you know, we're pushing and when I talk about staying in your lanes, you know, so I'm trying to bring as much attention to that as possible. And then we yeah. were chasing, um, you know, election fraud in Arizona. We're looking at governor races across the country. Um, you know, we just we're stretched thin and uh, we're doing the best we can and uh, as fast as we're growing. So we've got a, a chapter in every state. We've got one for Israelis, for the um, the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and we've even got an Amish page. And so um, our, we're wow. spread out across the country. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're set up like a campaign, not like a motorcycle club. We don't have presidents and sergeant of arms and vice presidents. We have state moderators. We have uh, regional moderators. And even as the, uh, you know, I, I just call myself the founder. I don't even consider myself the president because the bikers for Trump, our power comes when we come together collectively and we swing elections. And uh, we've been able to show that we're, we're certainly a, a force there. The fact that we have uh, had uh, General Flynn's accepted our invitation to come and speak next Sunday at the Honky Tonk Saloon here in uh, Latson, South Carolina. And um, I'm sure there'll be standing room there only. And um, you know, we're excited about moving forward and, and helping uh, the country decide on some of these candidates, reminding the ones who supported the president, the ones who didn't support them. And, uh, you know, we'll be a hero to some and we'll be villains to the other. But well, well, I'm back in uh, uh, Tom Norton up in Michigan uh, against the, the fake Republican Peter Miser. Uh, uh, they're both veterans and uh, I have a group called Gator Pack, and it's got a project called Veterans Leadership Fund. And we're back in Norton because he's going against Miser. Miser voted to impeach the president uh, and uh, didn't act uh, like the person he was when he campaigned. Uh, and same thing goes for, you know, if it works out, the uh, the one, uh, the gentleman that's running against Liz Cheney uh, that seems to have the most support. We'll probably get behind him, too. Uh, I assume you guys are tracking it on, on all those races. Yeah, certainly can use a, a text here and there to keep me up to date. I've talked to two people this week. I don't want to say who they are yet. They're considering a run against uh, Tom Rice. And um, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Gonzalez, somebody needs to get in there and get, and get rid of Gonzalez. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. I've, I've been watching that Senate race in uh, Ohio, and uh, I've got a favorite in that one. But, um, you know, we've we got to it, 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 you need to almost be a political mathematician these days to keep up with everything. And uh, so you're yeah. only as far as the people you surround yourself by. we got a, a good group I surround myself by and uh, couldn't be more proud of the bikers for Trump around the country. Yeah, you, uh, Chris, you mentioned you were just down in Florida. What was going on down there? Uh, was something going on with the president, President 45? Or? No, well, uh, we had Bike Week in Daytona Beach, and that's when we I launched a, a media blitz on the petition. So we've had our petition commercial on uh, airing on Fox. It actually aired two weeks ago, the night that, that Donald Trump was on Sean Hannity. And uh, we're only hitting about 20% of that market there. So anybody that watches Dish or DirecTV, they saw our commercial. I think we got about 10,000 signatures just on that one commercial. 
And then wow. we air them every day. They're going to they're, they've been on One American News and Newsmax. And so okay. we're just trying to continue to push that out and to keep the president uh, Donald Trump's name out there and to show the excitement he's got and uh when I get 100,000 of them here, hopefully by the end of the month, next week, I'll send them in to them and uh, we'll let them know. And then after that, I went down to South Florida. So there's a big concentration of Israelis down there. And uh, weekend before last, we had a, uh, a big ride for the uh, uh, Israeli Independence Day. And mm -hmm. uh, that was a, a neat experience. And then I started making my way back up here and I, I landed in the middle of this uh, this political boxing match between McKissick and uh, and Lynn Wood. And, you know, after talking and, and doing my homework, because I've never before gone against the president's wishes. But then when I see General mm -hmm. Flynn and, and, and Mike Lindell coming out for him, and now it looks like I might even have Herschel Walker coming in town. Um, it, I think people would be naive to think that those three people haven't had the conversation with uh, Donald Trump and that those people would certainly never want to ruffle his feathers or aggravating. So the fact that they've been able to come on board and step up for uh, Mr. Wood, it may be comfortable to do so. And um, I've been very uh, careful to point out that, you know, this is my personal opinion. The bikers for Trump don't endorse anyone unless they've gotten through that primary or in most cases when the president gets behind them. But, um, you know, I'm tired of the status quo. I want to see somebody goes in there that's hungry, that's going to, stand up to these wayward politicians these wayward and within the republican party and mm -hmm. to make them feel bad and feel shame when they get out of line you know myrtle beach is one of the strongholds of the republican party in south carolina they voted for donald mm -hmm. trump um, overwhelmingly and for for rice to come out and do that and you know when they get scolded by these state chairmen you know, that's just a little slap on the hand and then you don't hear anything mm -hmm. about it I want yeah. everybody to continue to hear about it. And I want people to remember and I want him to have remorse for having done it instead of making excuses why he did it, because a lot of evidence has come out. And like we talked about earlier, every action has a reaction. Well, these politicians, their reaction needs to be the will of the people that put them in office, not their will. Their will. It's not about yeah. them. When you win a congressional race or when you become a senator, it's not about you anymore. It's about right. the values of the people that put you in office and what they would want. And um, I'm hoping we get find some candidates and some, get some politicians in there that are going to pay a little more attention to their constituents and, instead of yeah. their colleagues. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole idea behind America first. I, I call it Americans first uh, uh, because, you know, those, those folks that are in office, just like when I was in the military for all those years, I mean, my first priority was to take care of fellow Americans. That's what my job was. Uh, and when I ran for office, that was the same thing, that if the voters had chosen to put me in office, same kind of thing. You know, my job would be to take care of Americans, uh, whatever that office is, uh, and, uh, and take care of them first. That's the first priority. I mean, folks are just sick of not having the priority in places like Washington, D.C. I mean, you look at, at Biden, uh, who, who spent $87 million on hotel rooms for illegal aliens because they're coming in on a policy that he, he reversed the pre President Trump's policy and his screwed up policies, you know, getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in that weren't going to be in. And we still have homeless veterans on the street. Uh, and Biden's just at the stroke of a pen. He puts $87 million down on illegal aliens, you know, uh, and they're prioritizing illegals and prioritizing giving money to countries that hate us 
sometimes even military assistance uh, when uh, when it's the American people that are supposed to have the number one priority. We're not part of some global society. We're part of the United States of America, man. And and that's uh, we we've got to get people in power that that are willing to stand up for us and, and push back on uh, the big money pockets, the deep pockets uh, when they want something. But we know if they get what they want, it's going to hurt Americans and those kind of things. And the, and the other special interests, don't you think? I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, how do we not put our veterans first? The ones, the men and women who fortified our boundaries. Yeah. It's incumbent that we all understand the value of the servicemen and women. And to me, especially the veterans and what they bring to the table. Um, you know, you look at the assault on law enforcement, now, calling for the defunding of law enforcement. You know, a lot of those cops are former military. They're retired. And um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid what's coming there. How many people are really going to want to join the police force here moving forward, especially with what's going on? It's the only occupation in the country there that one person can do something 3,000 miles away and, and every cop in the country is held accountable. What if we started holding our politicians accountable like we hold some of these dirty cops accountable? We need to hold mm -hmm. the dirty politicians accountable. But, you know, it's hard when there are senators and they've got five years for people to forget about uh, a debacle, at least in the House of Representatives. You know, the memory can't be that short, so we can at least remind them 18 months before what had happened. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we've got uh, we've got we've got our own orphans out there that are living in, in orphanages and so forth. We could find homes for, you know, I mean, look what's happening in San Francisco under any city you go to that has liberal leadership. You're looking at big problems and uh, yeah. it couldn't be any more obvious than the nose on my face. And um, yeah, it's like Afghanistan. You know, we've spent over a trillion dollars on infrastructure in Afghanistan over the last 20 years and. Well, my last combat deployment ended in the middle of uh, 2005. We were telling our bosses then, the two three-star generals, when we left that, hey, we got to get out of here. We have no strategy. It's time to go home. You know, we defeated these guys, the bad guys, and it was time to go home. Here we are 15 years later. They're still there. Uh, and at the same time, we're not, I mean, we have bridges literally that fall uh, because the infrastructure here is so bad, you know, and, We've got uh, folks out in rural areas that need to get uh, uh, high bandwidth internet and those kinds of things. And we're not doing it because we're spending all these trillions of our tax dollars that we're paying for uh, on other priorities. And, and it's just disgusting. And where is the outrage? You know, these, yeah. these same little jails and these same holding facilities that Donald Trump was blamed for putting children in that were invented. And, and and made by Barack Obama. I mean, where's the outrage? Look at uh, uh, Biden. Not since um, Nixon has a, a president gone this long without addressing a joint session of Congress. Where's the outrage? And um, I mean, it's all around us in every direction. Yeah. You, you have a hard time figuring out what to complain about. Well, the outrage is because the, uh, the, the socialist uh, slash communist propaganda press you know, they, they, they want to be on Joe Biden and his administration side because they love what they do, uh, even though they're doing like you just mentioned, they're doing the same thing Obama did, which is the same thing Trump was forced to do. But in, the, in Biden's case, it's on steroids, you know, 4000 people uh, in facilities meant for 300. You know, it's just unbelievable releasing illegals onto the street without a covid test. 
Uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's putting Americans, average everyday Americans, in harm's way because of a political priority that doesn't belong in this country, and we've got to get the Republican Party to realize that they're they're the they're the line of defense. Uh, you know, I mean, what's your sense of the party itself? Uh, I mean, you and I are both grassroots people, but. And you mentioned the the GOP chairmanship in South Carolina, but what's your sense of the Republican Party as a whole? I mean, I think ninety five percent of it's with the Trump America First policies, not with these yahoos out there back in George W. Bush and and his uh, amnesty and Liz Cheney and her endless war policy and that kind of thing. Uh, am I wrong? No, you're exactly right. No. A lot of these lawmakers are pretty delusional right now, thinking that we're gonna that they're gonna get anywhere without harnessing the MAGA community, and we still see Donald Trump as the George Washington of the MAGA community. So uh, they better get on board. They're gonna have a rude some rude awakenings coming up here, and it needs to start at the top. Um, you know, you look what the media just did to Matt Gates. If they don't like you, they're going against you. How come the media is not chewing up and spitting out McCarthy? he's walking that fine line right there he's yep. not uh he's not making those moves he should be making that's going to make him a hero of the republican party he's more he's too worried about trying to get along with the democratic party and uh and that mainstream media is just it's disgusting and it's that kind of thinking that now has us in a country with a total control of the government by an emerging socialist uh democrat party uh machine that wants to undo all of the liberty and freedom that this country has has fought for from its very beginning uh, and American citizens have died for to protect and just give it away and turn this country into something that looks more like communist China uh, than uh, or East Germany or the old Soviet Union than anything that the founders really uh, would want it to look like uh, because they set up a whole system uh, that should oppose that. Uh, and now that because of the McCarthy's of the world and Liz Cheney's of the world that have that power, we are in this predicament that we're in. And, it, and it's a serious predicament. We're, this is not conspiracy theorists. You know, you mentioned defunding the police and, and what's going on with police officers. I don't want my kids to be police officers. If I were a police officer, I'd be very hesitant to take any action uh, uh, where uh, a black male criminal is uh, even about to do violence. When you look at the uh, the Ohio officer that had to kill that young lady, and it's a tragic that he had to kill that young teenage lady, but she had a, a, a long knife just inches from the neck of another teenage woman whose life he saved. But you've got BLM and Antifa out there calling for the guy's heads, so to speak. Yeah, it's it, it's tough. Like I said, the assault on decency, and then we've got these uh, these ball players. I don't even want to mention their name coming out and making comments on them. You know, I mean, play ball, entertain people with your sport. We're tired of athletes and actors coming out and putting their two cents in because yes. they're, they're typically misguided and they're you know coming from someone spoiled and you know I don't I don't I'm just a whole, whole another uh, onion to peel back there, but. I'm with well, you. 100%. you know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's a it, it, it's part of the issue, though. You know, I mean, the Oscars is ratings are down 58 percent over the last 20 years. And and that tells me that the American people are sick of this stuff. They're sick of it. 
and, and I think it highlights the importance of this Arizona audit, forensic audit, that, you know, if there, if, if there were, like I think, there were shenanigans being played with these mail-in votes especially uh, and, uh, and the digital machines, then we've got to have an audit strong enough to show that. Uh, and if it doesn't find anything and it was strong enough, okay, then we can move the country forward. But if it finds something, then the other five swing states need to step up and do the same thing. And I think the American people, it shows in the entertainment numbers, really do believe, and according to Rasmussen polling, 51% of Americans, including 30% of Democrats, think there was cheating going on in the last election and that it had an impact on the outcome. Uh, so it's not a conspiracy theory. It's, you know, but it's so important that we translate that the entertainment numbers into voting numbers. And in order to do that, we've got to make sure that we're all, all convinced that we have secure and fair elections with integrity at the behest of the American people. Yeah, I can't agree more. And show your license when you vote. You know, in order to get into the uh, DNC in Wisconsin, they had to show a license to get in there, but yet they don't think you have to have a license to uh, vote. And they try to, to, everything's racism. You know, they just go back to their favorite word, that's racism, and they blow some whistles and ring some bells. And then they go back and sit in their ivy towers on both sides of the aisle and uh, wait for their next misguided argument. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of work to do here of the Republican Party, and um, I'm hoping that their people are going to, they're, they're, they're done suffering from the voter fatigue and, and so forth and so on, and they're going to put their gloves on, and they're going to get out there, and they're going to they're gonna get busy and help make a difference here. Yeah, it's time. I mean, if you're, if you're a neighbor uh, and you go and you're thinking like I talked to a, a neighbor of mine the other day, you know, I really need to do something besides just go vote, uh, and I haven't. Uh, I guess it's time that I should, folks. It's time. Uh, we got a question from a viewer here uh, about John Kerry. If he gave Iran uh, classified information regarding Israel so openly, uh, does that mean that he knew uh, with respect who was going to be the head of the administration come January? Who knows if he knew, folks, but I guarantee you that he that's what he wanted, uh, and uh, that's the expectation he had in his mind, in my opinion. What do you think, Chris? Oh, man, that guy, uh, yeah, I can't believe it. I think almost like they put him back in there just to insult us. Um, he's hard <laughs> to look, look at and listen to, and nothing would put me, um, yeah. set me back. I think that guy's capable of anything. He's a snake in the grass. And, um, you know, for him to be barking about climate control with his, all of his houses and his jets, I mean, there's a double standard of hypocrisy on every angle every angle you look at when it in regards to that man and, and many of his friends. Yeah, it sure is, man. It sure is. Well, Chris, uh, one more time, tell our, our viewers uh, where they can find you and uh, sign up to help support your organization or be a member of the organizations. Uh, yes, sir. So take your priorities on. We have a page in every state on social media. Uh, we're getting on more platforms now. Unfortunately, we built our biggest platform on Facebook. So uh, if you go on to there, you can find your state. And um, then you will vet you, make sure that you are who you say you are. We don't want people trying to sell you sunglasses or trolling you. And yep. then the national page is Bikers for Trump. It's 2020 right now. And uh, that's where you can watch me, what I'm doing across the country. 
If you go to bikersfortrump.com, you can sign the petition to show your support for Donald Trump running in 2024. And uh, if you see your bikers out there, just please, everybody, look both ways. Look twice. Uh, you're a lot of bikes out there, and uh, we don't want to run any of these guys over. These are your neighbors. They're veterans. They're blue-collar guys. They're trying to get home to their families, and uh, please keep an eye out for them on the road. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Chris, if you'll hang on backstage, I'll come back to you once I'm off the air here with uh, my outro. And I really do appreciate you coming on, folks. And there's the information uh, to find Chris on the web and sign up and to help uh, the cause. And the cause really is America and America first, uh, no matter what the names are that are assigned to it. And that's what we've all got to put our shoulders behind. Well, friends, thank you very much. Uh, we covered a lot of ground there, but the bottom line is uh, Chris Cox knows it. Uh, I know it. And deep down in your hearts, you know it, uh, that the uh, the wokeism and the leftists, uh, they don't have our support. And when I say our, I don't mean just Republicans. They don't have Americans' uh, support. Uh, and the leftists uh, uh, are running scared. That's why they use all of their power. And they have that power right now through money, uh, money in the media, uh, and now they own all three branches of the federal government, but they don't own every government in every state, uh, and uh, they don't own you. Uh, and what you can do is uh, volunteer for groups like uh, Bikers for Trump. You can also sign up to be a precinct committee person uh, in your Republican Party. That's a good place to start at the local level uh, to change the Republican Party to what it should be, 95% America first and what it is, and five, only 5% uh, for those corporate types that uh, don't put Americans as the first priority, and it's time that we do that. So until next week, I'm Rob Manus, and uh, thank you so much for watching the show today.